you're wondering where Miss Mallory is, she is home watching. So let's say hi to Mal. <laughs> Have that baby, Mal. That's all I'm saying. She's on, she's on baby watch. Or, well, we're on baby watch. She's, she's a baby on board. That's where she's at. But uh, I'm so thankful for John Hansen and his wonderful attitude and his uh, skill set and just his anointing. I just love John. He's just such a great, great man of God. We appreciate him so very much. We're so glad you're with us today. I hope you enjoy today. And I, I know it's cold, so looking out there, you are the chosen frozen, aren't you? Yes. Uh, so we're, uh, we're excited. My daughter, she, says, she sends this to me. This is Maddie, who's back in Kidstown taking care of your kids. What's the difference between people from Duba and people from Abu Duba? Abu do something like that. Well, the people from Duba don't like the Flintstones, but the people from Abu Dhabi do. All right. I thought it was cute, but she just, she cracks herself up. She gets one she likes, and then she's like, Dad. Uh, I promised you last week we've been doing this financial stewardship series, but uh, I'm excited about it, but I want to explain. I haven't always taught it right in the past. I hope that doesn't wreck your ship or rock your boat. or, But, you know, sometimes you learn things along the way. And um, <clears throat> so, I, you know, I wanted to come at this from, again, not from my perspective, but from the biblical perspective, not from legalistically perspective or what we were taught in, uh, in a different fellowship and different things. But this message on this, this is our second week. This is week two of uh, financial stewardship, and I wanted to make this clear as far as, as my heart. I'm, I certainly haven't arrived, okay? So I'm, you know, those things that I figure out and go, oh, wish I'd have did that better, wish I'd have listened better, wish I'd have whatever. But I want you to know what God says about prosperity, and I want you to see it so that you get it. So let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming with us and being with us today. There's more today than normal on online because today is probably the pajama bottom, eat your cereal, watch church day because it's cold. I get that, but see, you guys are here. You get to experience the in-crowd anointing, so yay. And uh, we're going to send anointing to you online crowd as well. But, uh, but I want you to, I want to talk about principles today. That God, Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he doesn't change, but we know we've went from Old Testament to New Testament. We know what Jesus did on the cross that broke a lot of things they used to do in the Old Covenant. How many you know? You used to have to sacrifice all these animals and do this and all that, and then Jesus came and did all what he did, and he was the ultimate sacrifice. But I do believe there's principles that we can grab that if we would learn some of those principles, I told you last week, the title of this is First Things First. I'm going to tell you why I believe God should be first. Not legalistically, but just from your heart, okay? So I want you to, to hear my heart when I'm talking to you. Uh, you might say, well, it's your job. Yeah, but I'm also a fellow believer. I'm, a, I'm also a brother in the Lord. I'm, I also have to apply everything I teach you to me. I also, I don't get exempt out of all. I mean, I have to do everything that I'm supposed to do. Just I have to accept Christ. You know what I'm saying? I can't get in on somebody else's coattails. I, how many understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you know, so we're all there. Um, but PK and I want to see you succeed, and I do believe that God wants to see you succeed as well because he created you, and he has a purpose for your life. That's why we are True Life Church, live life on purpose. You were created on purpose for a purpose. Luke 12, 34 says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Now, I put this one right there just for the fact that it's important because we're going to really talk. When we're talking about first things first, we're talking about our heart. We're talking about what we deem is number one. Who, who is first in our life? Now, that scripture says where your, your heart is, or where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So your heart follows your treasure. Your treasure doesn't follow your, 
Do you understand what I'm saying? So, you know, if you were materialistic and you bought a brand new Corvette, which, I mean, some of those are pretty sharp. I mean, who doesn't, well, yeah, I could say who doesn't want one. There'd be probably people, I don't want one. <laughs> but, I mean, if, you'd, if, if somebody gave you one, would you even sell it and just get the money and do something else with it? Yes, you would. Thank you very much. But if it's something that you really like, you tend to take care of it. You tend to keep it nice and, and all of that because it's part, you, it's part of your treasure, so to speak, if you understand what I'm saying. So the things that are important to you, that are important to your heart, you treasure. Understand, okay? If you want your heart to change, if, if it's not on the right thing or focused on the right thing, some... Some men are, are sports fanatics, and they have to, you know, uh, and we've seen the clips on AFE. If, if, if the team goes sour, boy, the whole day is lost. They are miserable. They are yelly. They're screamy. They're whatever. Now, I'm sure nobody here is like that. <laughs> the Buckeyes lose. We're all good. It's just a game. Or, the, well, if the Browns win, of course, they've been winning this year. I mean, more than not, but uh, understand um, but if you want your heart to change, you know, for no worries, no stress, or, or no cares, no financial needs. You know, if, if you have, you know what complete peace is? When you have all your needs met. Is that not peace? When you have food in the pantry, you have gas in the car, all your bills are paid, you have money in the bank, everybody is happy and healthy. Do you not feel like life is good? God wants you to have that kind of life. I'm not saying you're not going to have issues or there's not going to be trials or the enemy's going to just go, okay, i got to leave them alone. If he messes with Jesus, he'll mess with you. So I get that. But I want you to listen to the principles of God. So I'm going to kind of share a little bit about that. So most of America follow the American dream. Get all you can, can all you get, sit on your can. Bury that in the backyard or whatever, you know what I mean? Just get up, put it in the can, sit on it, and that's it. <laughs> you get everything that you can. And, and we have this attitude that it's, it's all about me. Let me get my share. What's in it for me? How do I get what I got? What, what is owed me? We have lost, I think, the meaning of contentment. Just being content. You know, Paul talks about just being content. Sometimes you don't have everything you want right away, but could you be content with where you are, with what you do have? And, and believe God, you can and put your hand to getting more. How many understand? Some, it doesn't all just happen all the time, does it? Like at one time. Let me talk to this side. Okay. There's not a big truckload that all of a sudden just shows up. You know, the prize sweepstake doesn't come to your house every day or whatever. Some things, you know, you, you're waiting on believing for it's okay to have nice things i think the church has thought like you can't be you can't be wealthy if you're a christian or be in the church that's wrong that is a totally wrong mindset you can be wealthy now i'm going to show you why you can have nice things you just can't have nice things have you that you understand it's about stewardship and ownership. There's nothing wrong with having a nice house and a nice car and, and all of that. But what do you do with what you have? If you want to be blessed, I have people that say, I, you know, I don't want to be blessed. I remember in church one time, a guy said, man, <clears throat> I'm just getting so blessed. I mean, money just keeps coming in. I finally stood up and told God, stop. I'm like, if I had an idiot stamp, I'd go over there and go, Poof. So this is so. Listen to this mindset. This mindset is: I have everything I need, so I'm good. That, my friend, is pride and greed. What if God wants to use you as a channel? If you don't need anymore, who can you bless? What could you give to? What could you change to make where you are a better place? He wants you to be a channel for Him. So he can use resources from you to get where he needs them to be. He's looking for people that he can trust, that will be good stewards. Can he trust you? 
Can you help us get the word out? Can you help us spread the news of the kingdom of God? Ephesians 4.28 says, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. So the reason that you work is so that you can give to help people. God told Abraham, I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. If you don't have enough to get by with, how do you bless other people? Now, I'm not saying, you know, you can still be nice and be kind, but I'm talking about, don't you ever just want to be like, I want to take care of that. I just want to, let me pay for that. My, my wife's attitude, she loves paying for things. She loves that. When it comes to our kids, there's a battle going on. Because they'll like, okay, we're buying lunch. I'm sending you money. I'm sending it back. I'm sending it back. I'm sending it back. And this is a tennis match. And, I'll, and so they'll be like, please, let us bless you. No, I will bless you. They'll just, you know, and so it's kind of humorous. But now we've worked out where, you know, we're getting better where I'm like, just let them do it. It's okay. We'll bless them next time or whatever. <clears throat> but how do you be a blessing to somebody else if you're not blessed yourself? How can you help somebody if you can't get by? If you're just living hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck, can we really, if God would tell us, could we do it? I want us to be in the place where we could do whatever he says. And certainly God knows your limitations. He's not going to ask you to, I want you to go give them people $10,000 and tell you to go get a visa and get a $10,000 loan and you know, he's not going to put you in debt. He's going to do everything legally by the kingdom. But you need to prosper, not just for you, but so that you can be a giver and be generous on every occasion. All the money that comes into True Life Church is accounted for. We have people that count the money. They copy the checks, log who gave and how much. We give out uh, all your records. Your records are available now, and she's already made that there you can find out exactly what your giving statement is for tax purposes or whatever. We account for all of that money. We are stewards of all of that. It is not ours. It is God's. That's how we view it. How about when it comes to food? Do you pray over your food? We do. Every time we eat, we pray over our food. Lord, takes, we, matter of fact, it's kind of funny. We take sickness from our and so sometimes we'll go, but it's not mitts, mitzt, M-I-D-S-T, is that right? Yeah, okay. Why? Let me tell you, here's the reasons why. To sanctify it, have you ever eaten a restaurant where you're like, I'm not so sure. How about, not, not a restaurant, how about a reunion? You go to a family reunion, you want to know who baked whatever they baked. We go to a family reunion sometimes, my kids would be like, where's, where's Grandma Bowling's beans? Because they'll eat beans, or if, if Crunch or my sister was making something, where's that? Where, what, what's mom want? Because they don't know about the other stuff. And if you have went to any kind of family reunion, the stuff gets set out for hours. And the flies have a feast. And then people go back, hey, it's time to get more. My family's like, no. Because just, you know, so one of the reasons we pray, sanctify it, take sickness away, According to the word, if we had any, even any kind of poison or anything, it's not going to harm us. So we take sickness away. But also remind ourselves that God is our source. By continually saying the things that God would have us say. There's some people that are listening to me today, and, and some of them are in a financial bind because they don't see themselves as a steward. They see themselves as an owner. You're ignoring what... The Lord is telling us to do with the resources. Because in the kingdom, it doesn't operate in the world system. In the world system, get all you can, can all you get, sit on your can. In the kingdom, you control what happens because you are the sower. He gives seed to the sower. If you sow sparingly, the Bible says you reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. What happens in the Christian world 
is we sow a minute little piece in our minds and because we think of ourselves as not stewards but owners and expect 10 truckloads of crop. But we didn't sow anything close to that. We just, and I, and I get it. There's principle involved, and I get sometimes it's just like, this is what I have, and you might be like the widow and the two mites. So you do whatever the Lord says, you sow it, because again, this is about your heart. In Luke 16, the Lord says in this story, if you haven't been faithful in that which is least, and he's talking about money, he's not going to increase you and give you any more. You see, when it comes to finances, it's actually entry-level stuff. He's saying, this is, this, is, this is the Lord. This is Luke and uh, the book of Luke. So the Lord is saying, this is the least. This is it. This, I mean, this is bottom level. And, and that's why we struggle because we've been taught all our life, get all you can, can all you get, sit on your can. Sometimes you just get stuff and God says, I gave that to you, now go give that. Would you be willing to sow that? If he can't trust you, or you say you don't trust Jesus in your finances, and he says this is least, if you don't trust him to help you in your finances, do you really trust him to help you in your healing? We, we, we don't see it. We don't like to hear that. I'm just trying to, he loves you, and, and certainly there's healing available. And it's not like he's going to with, I don't think that he's just like, mm-hmm, you didn't give this amount. That's, again, I'm talking about your heart. But if you don't believe he'll take care of you, is he really your source? Do you believe then he'll deliver you? He'll take sickness away, or do you not believe he'll do that? Is he really who he says he is? Some of us just need to check our attitude. We must see ourselves as a steward. In Deuteronomy, it says, you'll remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he can establish his covenant, swore to your fathers until this day. Now, a lot of times when I'm asking, you know, I'm like, Lord, we need this. He doesn't just, an angel doesn't show up at my door and go, Hey, you needed this, here you go. And hand me money. But he'll give somebody, now he could give somebody the idea and say, I need you to go give so-and-so X amount of dollars. We've seen that happen. So he could do that. But he usually gives you an idea or concept. If you're open to letting him, hey, how can, he gives me the power to get wealth. Most of us grew up in church with a mailbox mentality. In other words, we're just waiting on that person or that check. I've been guilty of it. We need a miracle. And I'm thankful that God still does those from time to time. But in most cases, in my experience and what I'm seeing in the word, he gives you an idea or a concept that will help you get that wealth that you need. The kingdom way. Sam and I, he wanted to be a hunter like his dad, and so when we lived on, in Morrill on Irvin Chutes, I mean, a deer license was 20 bucks, I think, and deer tag, or a hunting license was 20 bucks, and the deer tag was 15, or vice versa, I don't know which was which, <clears throat> but we needed that money, um, you know, and so it was a time for me to say, okay, Sam, we're going to believe the kingdom for an idea or concept to be able to get the money we need to go hunting. He said, okay. So what we did is we both we sowed and believed God. I'm just saying, okay, Lord, I know how the kingdom works. And I went to the bank just not long after that had happened. And I walked in the bank and one of the ladies that worked at the bank said, hey, PB, I heard you detailed cars in the past. I said, yeah. Would you detail my car? Oh, I don't know. She said, well, what do you want? I said, well, I used to charge $60. She said, I'll give you at least $60. I said, okay, when do you want it? She said, can you do it today? 
I said, sure. So I went back. I said, Sam, guess what? He said, what? I said, we're working. He said, what do you mean? I said, we're detailing this car. I mean, just now think about this. We just prayed. We just agreed. We just believed we received. So we come back, and we spent the next four hours detailing that car. I mean, it looked like it was a showroom brand new, and she was so impressed. She said, I'm giving you $80. So we took it back that afternoon. She gave me $80. I tithed off that $80, and he and I went and got our licenses. I could say just like that, but it was some hours of putting my hand to it. But again, he provided, listen to what I'm saying. He provided the wealth to make that happen. He says that he'll bless what you put your hand to. Zero is zero in heaven, just like it here is on earth. You have to be involved in the plan for your life. There are people that might be listening to me today, or you know of some that are third and fourth generations of welfare. Now, welfare is there for a reason. I'm not knocking that system. I think that you know there are times that you need, could use a pickup, or they need that. I get that. We've been there before. But I don't believe you're supposed to live on it. I don't think you should be there three and four generations and teach your kids to live on it. I think that's wrong. I don't believe God is behind that. I mean, even if you have to, listen to me, even if you have to work at McDonald's. I mean, I've had people say, I can't find a job. Really? They're hiring everywhere. But if, you, you know, if you're like, I just need a job, then even if you have to work at McDonald's and you put your hand to it, this is what I'm saying. Because of God, because you are a steward, and because his favor is on you, I would be, if I worked there, I'd be the best employee they had. I would always be there on time. I would try to never be late. I would do the most. I would go above and beyond what I was supposed to do. And it won't be long before they'd say, I need to make him a team leader. And before, after a long, you know what? You should be an assistant manager. Matter of fact, we're, this manager's moving over here. We want you to manage this store. And then later, I would probably end up being an owner. And then I'd have several stores. Am I saying, oh, you're bragging? No, I'm just saying because my mindset would be whatever I put my hand to, come on, he's going to prosper. If I do it with excellence, I will succeed. I will get blessed. The, whoever I work for is going to get blessed. Because I will have the attitude of a steward. God is not going to do anything illegally. He's not going to print money and give it to you. He's not going to counterfeit anything. He's not going to do anything and bless anything that is against the law. Everything must be above board. If you want to prosper, you have to be involved. You have to understand that God is with us, Emmanuel. That he is going to be involved because he loves you. And he wants the best for you. God is good. And he's greatly to be praised. And you're going to believe God to bless it. And if you put your hand to it, it will be blessed. So we got to change our mind. Change our mentality. I'm here to tell you this morning that God has a better plan for you and I. It is God that gives us the ability to get wealth. So God, I'll be a steward. You tell me what to do, I'll do it. My health, my talents, my brain. Sometimes I'm like, you sure you want my brain, God? But he does. Some of the things I say or that I'm like, is that a word? God would be like, come here, angels, look at this guy, it's crazy. But my brain, it's all yours, Lord. So whatever he wants me to do, if he says, Brett, I want you to give a tithe, because his word says that. Okay, I'll tithe. I want you to give offering. Absolutely. It's not mine. I'm just the steward. You see, my mentality has to change. If I think it's mine, then I'm going to argue with him. And I have argued with him. I never win. How do you see yourself? Are you a steward? But here's the thing. Well, I want God to force me he won't do it you have the authority to choose that's the greatness of God he wants you to choose his way why because your heart if you're forced 
Whether you're with it or not with it, you're forced. But when you choose, you've weighed both sides and you're like, I find this way better. The enemy will steal, kill, and destroy, not God. He is God the Father. God is your Father. He is not the Godfather. He's not going to go, come on and I'll make you a deal you cannot refuse. Hey, just do it. He, he doesn't do he's already, he's already provided for it. But you have to believe it and you have to get involved in it. Because if you don't receive it, you don't enjoy it. So we have to follow God's instruction. And he must be your source. So we have to say, okay, whatever the Bible says, that's what I do. We don't go, you know what, God? I'll give when I have more. I told you the story of the waitress last week. Well, we didn't have, we, we were there on a gift card or something, and we didn't have money. And she's like, if we won't give now, we won't give when we have more. And that's so true because, listen, it's a heart issue. It is something in your heart that says, you know what, this isn't mine. Because if it was mine, I already know what the balance says. But if God is my provider, it doesn't matter what the balance says if he says give it. Because this is a natural checkbook. This isn't the spiritual checkbook. So no matter what your situation, do you trust him? One time I asked God for $20. We were pastoring in Pickerington, and I, and I, you know, we didn't tell people and stuff, but you ever been where you felt like we've spent everything and there isn't any more, and we still had four kids that were home, and they like to eat, especially the boys. And, you know, I was just thinking, Lord, I mean, you know, Kim's creative. We could probably go home and find something that we could put together. I mean, we, there's probably ramen noodles there or something. I mean, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I remember just shooting up a flare prayer. You ever do that? God, I need some help. And this is what I said. I said, Lord, I'm not asking for much. Just $20. I can run them through a drive-thru. And we went out after church. I didn't tell a soul about that. You need to understand, I didn't tell anybody. And on my windshield was a $20 bill stuck in my wiper when we left church. I was just like, that is awesome. Why didn't I ask for 100 so now listen to what my, now I'm, I'm just sharing from my heart, okay? I'm, I'm, this isn't legalism, this is heartism. That's not a word, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> See, God. So we were like, praise God. And Kim was like, that's awesome. So we went to Wendy's to the drive-thru because you could get JBC's, Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers, for 99 cents at the time. And Jesus was, I think, like, you know, those are great. Well, my boys could eat, you know, four or five of those guys. But Sam, he'd always want, I want a bacon there. I want a double one. I want a, you know, we went to a restaurant one time, and the waitress, you know, I'm talking to somebody, and he loved that because I'm distracted. <laughs> so the waitress came over and said, what do you want? He ordered two entrees. I'll take the pork chops. I'll also take the steak. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And, you know, it's like you're a parent, and you're like, hey, no, 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 no. And he's like, oh. So anyway, we ordered all the food. Now, in my mind, I want you to hear my heart. So this is what I want you to see. Not legalism, but I want you to hear my heart. My heart, when I saw the 20, I saw 18. Why? Because right away, in my mind, God is my source. 10% of that is a tithe. He gets that. So there are people that are like, oh, I can't, I can't even buy that till I break it. That's legalism. So when I broke it, I already know I have $18 to spend because $2 is going to the Lord. Make sense? So that's what we did, and she gives me back enough change, and I take the $2, and I fold it up, and I stick it, in my wallet. 
because I just separated it because it was not mine because I am not an owner. I am a what? Steward. And so my heart is saying, God, you are my source. You just provided that 20. Praise you. Why didn't I say 100? That's on me. I don't know. What do you he could have. I don't know. I never did. I just asked for the 20. I had that happen again at different times in my life. We went to Amish country. We just decided to get out of Dodge. You ever have that? Just get in the car. Let's go. Didn't really think about it because we have kids that are hungry, especially the boys. We got to Amish country. We were just like, we're hoping we have enough gas to get back home. We didn't think about it. You ever do stuff and you just don't think about it? And I, I mean, I'm sitting in the car and Kim and I are both the kids are like, we're hungry, we're hungry. So I just like, God, dear Lord, if I just had 10 bucks. Again, I wish I'd have said something different. We got out of the car and there's people walking. We were by that Saul's place when you first get into Berlin. There are people walking everywhere. On the ground is a $10 bill just laying there. Nobody's even, I see it. But there, people are stepping on it and everything, and I'm like, oh, $10. But I see it as nine. But I grabbed that $10 and said, God, thank you. And we went across to the Boyd and Worthman down the street, got my kids in there and just told the waitress, keep the bread and peanut butter coming because they, they were giving you that free. So we did that. I'm, why, Brett, why are you telling me? I'm telling you, this is about our hearts. This is about who we honor in all of what we have. It's God's will for us to prosper. I didn't even realize that then. I didn't even realize what I realize now, and I, I know I have more to learn. Psalm 35, 27, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let him say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So when I prosper, God is happy. He's pleased. He's not pleased when I struggle. There are people that have told us, God wants you to stay poor and humble. That is not in the Bible. That's not what we just read. If we're not prospering and doing things God's way, it's not pleasing to him. Remember Abbott and Costello, who's on first? Zach and I did that. I was going to show that video, but it was six minutes and 22 seconds or something. We did that video, I think it was at Tri-Rivers for the Historical Society years ago. And there was a pretty good crowd there. And I'm pretty proud of how we did it. I mean, it, was, it took some practice, but Zach doesn't practice a whole lot. So, I mean, that day we kind of hit it and went through and we went out and it just came off really well. So sometime uh, I'll show you that, except I'm not real happy how I look in that video. I was a little larger and all that, but still, I, we had fun doing it. But anyway, let me ask you that question. Who is on first in your life? Is God really first place? Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. Seek first. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added. You know what his righteousness is? In the king's dominion, in the kingdom, righteousness is God's right way, God's way of doing things. That's what that means. So seek first God's way. Okay. And all of these things, if you read the scripture before that, it's talking about what are we going to eat, what are we going to wear, and all this stuff. God says, if you just seek me first, I'll take care of all that. That's what he's saying. But if we don't see ourselves as a steward, then we are not taking, we don't believe he will do it. You see, some of us don't have doubts that God will do it. We just don't think he'll do it for us. He'll do it for Brett, but he won't do it for me. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. Again, this is about our concept, about our heart. Who's on first? We say God. But if I was asked to see your check register, would it say that? We talked about, remember when I talked about the three guys and they were all given $10,000 every month and all they had to do was give $1,000 to PK? 
The one guy was 1,000, the other guy gave 2,000, and the one guy didn't, didn't give anything, maybe 700 the first month. And we talked about you know, just being that 10%. They could do whatever they wanted with the 90. But my illustration was because the church, us, Jesus has went away and he's asked us to take care of things. So the first thing that we do when we get paid, this is why I think it needs to be first, because this, this is a heart issue. If we have to wait and see, well, I'm going to tithe, but i got to wait and see what I have left, then you're not really trusting God, are you? I know there's a word that my daughter's not real crazy about. The word is budget. She does not like that word. But she is learning, and she is getting the concept of, oh, oh, oh. But if we understand that not just budget, but if, God, you are my source. Let me just say this. We collected $2,795 or something, 65 for the special offering, which is just a little above our mortgage payment for this month. Okay? So I'm just being as transparent as I can. Now, I have choices as the CEO and the pastor. Don't think the enemy's not saying, keep all of that, just put it in the account and just save it because after all, you have a mortgage payment and blah, 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 blah. Do you think he doesn't do that to me? But God is my source. You are not my source. God is my source. So when that came in, I said, we are sending that out, man. That's already gone. They've already cashed it. So, Brett, do you have enough money for that? Sure I do, as soon as it shows up. Why? Because he's my source. Now, you got to understand this. As I'm talking to you or trying to teach you about this, you have to understand heart. If you understand kingdom law and kingdom principle, if you say things like this, because I gave, I know this and this and this will happen. I get what you're saying, but, but you understand when you say because I gave, that means because of your action alone, this is why the blessing will happen. That is pride and self-righteousness. So this is why I want, it sounds the same, but I want, I want you to think of it this way. Because the word says to sow or to give, and I followed the word, I, I'm thankful for that seed, but because the word says, I know God will supply all my needs. They, in essence, say the same thing, but we are not pinning it on what we did. Jesus already did it. So we are, we are applying this giving thing to understand, God, you are my source. Certainly faith without works is dead. I get that. But if there was... If I have to wait to see what everything is and then I will tithe, is that faith? You know, in the Old Testament, they had to do a lot of things. They had to, they had to, it had to be sacrificed or redeemed, da 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 and there's a whole list. I, I had all of that in there. I just, like, I don't want to confuse you, so I took it out. Not that it's not good. I'm just saying I don't want to confuse you, but <laughs> you, you have to understand if it's given first before anything else, you are trusting the Lord by faith. That's it. It's anybody can wait and say, oh, I have enough to tithe this week. So if you give 10% and you say, I tithe 10%, but if you always wait until you make sure you have enough, is the heart really correct with that? That's a tough one. Now, here's the thing that you need to understand. Jesus, this isn't about Old Testament. This is about legalistically. Because, you know, the, the Old Testament talks about if you do this, you're blessed. If you don't, you're cursed. Right? Jesus died on the cross. All the curse was put on him, was it not? And he took all that. So you're not cursed. There is obedience, and there's blessing in obeying, yes. Does God love you? And if you're saying, well, I don't tithe, he doesn't love you any less than if you do tithe. 
Do you understand that? But because he is my source, now I will rely on him maybe more than somebody that would be like, well, I'm not. But when tribulation comes, in this life you will have tribulation. The people that rely on him as their source already know where their help comes from. Because if I don't call him my source and I rely on my own works, that's where I start to beg. Oh, God, please, please. I don't have to beg. He's already paid for it. He already died for all that curse. I don't have to take the curse back. I don't have to take sickness. He died for that. You see, if he's my source in my finances, he's my source in my health. He's my source in everything. And the finances are the least. I want to give God first. Because it, if I don't, it doesn't take any faith to, to give him later. I give first. And I think that's a principle that just like, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I don't know about you, but I could ask for a show of hands. And I guess I will. I mean, have you found out if you did a budget and found out, I don't know how all this works out, but you still give to God first and somehow he comes through? There's something that happens. I mean, we, Kim and I have seen it over and over and over again. Again, not legalism, just understanding Jesus died for me, paid the price for me. Did you know God gave Jesus first? Are we not all sinners? to Romans, all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Before we ever, the people that won't even accept him, he died for them. And we're praying that they some, sometime will see the light. So that's why we give first. We give it in faith. Malachi 3.10 says, bring on, this is one everybody quotes, Bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, pour out such a blessing that there will not be enough uh, to receive it. That scripture is used a lot, and I understand. It is right before the New Testament. It is the last book of the Old Testament. You're like, well, you could have just moved that to the new. Because there are people like, we're under the new covenant. We don't have to do the old covenant. But God is saying something here. But I want you to notice this. It says bring or brought in that scripture. The Bible doesn't use the word give when it talks about tithing. It uses the words bring or brought. And here's why. Because you cannot give what is not yours. Because you're the steward. Let that sink in for a second, because it's his. Let's say Kim and I go away. She says, I want to go and name some great place, and we're going to go on vacation. And we're going to take two weeks to do it. And so in the middle of that two weeks while we're going, because we, wherever it is, it's someplace warm, because that's where she'll go. Someplace that has a beach, because that's where she'll go. You know, someplace like that. You know, especially if it's wintertime. Go warm if it's winter. Especially like today. How many would like to be somewhere warm? Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so while we're gone, we, we lend Gibby. I'm just going to pick on you because I like to. Um, we lend him uh, our Highlander. We have a Toyota Highlander. It's her favorite car. We've, we had it since it was new. And she absolutely loves that car. She's like, don't do anything with my Highlander. She loves that Highlander. I mean, it's not her treasure, but she sure likes it a lot. So we, Gibby, you know, he doesn't have a vehicle. You do, but he, we're pretending. So he doesn't. So we, we, okay, you can use the Highlander while we're gone. And when we come back, Gibby says this, you know, PB, I've been thinking, I've been praying about this a lot. And I just want to give you and PK, this Highlander. You're like, dude, your brain has left. You, that is, you can't give me, it's not yours. 
you are bringing it back to me. This is the principle I'm trying to understand. I want you to see. It's not, it was not his. He was using it while we were gone. He's bringing it back. So the Bible talks about bringing things into the storehouse, the house of God. That's what the storehouse is, where you get fed, where you learn. It doesn't say Christian ministries or schools or Christian schools or causes or other people. That's not where the tithe goes. It goes into the storehouse. And so people try to get around that because money is always an issue, because they see themselves as an owner, not a steward. So we want to do everything in right. Lord, it's not my money, it's yours. So that first 10% we give in faith, we give it to the storehouse. Kim and I tithe just like you all do. I don't give my tithe to Pastor Gary. I don't do any of that. We do all of that. If we're giving, we give an offering. I don't designate my tithe. You can do that with your offering because the tithe is already designated. Do you see that? It says the storehouse. So if he's the owner and that's where he wants it, that's where it goes. So that's good for me. So if I want to give above and beyond that, then that is my offering. So here's another thing to clear up because people ask me this. Do you tithe on everything? We do. Do you tithe on the gross or the net? I tithe on the gross. You might say, that's gross. <laughs> but I do because I, you know, if that's what came in, no matter what, now listen to my heart, no matter what the government takes, that's what came to me because that's the percentage that the government took. But as far as I'm concerned, he gets the first off or the first gift off of that. He gets the first 10%. Does that make sense? I do believe as we give to the Lord that it's blessed. Because it's his it's his. So I would want the whole thing blessed. God is not mine, so I'm going to do whatever you say because I'm doing that. I know I walk in blessing. I'm not saying you wouldn't walk in blessing if you don't do that. You want to tithe on the net, you can do that. And then people say, well, then I'll tithe off of my return. We do both. We tithe on the gross and the return. Because I want to be generous. It's not mine. How many knows you can outgive God? If I sow sparingly, the Bible says I will reap sparingly. But if I sow bountifully, if I just, I want to be generous. Now, 1 Corinthians 1, or 16, 1 and 2 says, Concerning the collection of the saints, I uh, have given orders. Now, this is in the New Testament. To the churches of Galatia, you must do also on the first day of the week. What day? He says the first day. To let each of you lay something aside, storing up the pro- uh, that as he may prosper, so there be no collections when I come. And that's talking about your tithe. That's what he's talking about. Bringing it on the first day, which would be Sunday. Um, this is what we did back in the day. Back in the day is when people wrote more checks. We don't write as many checks now, do you? Because you can pay everything online or you can use your card or however. Uh, but when we did write checks, we would write, as soon as we got paid, the first check that she would rip out of that checkbook would be the one that would go to the storehouse. And we would put it on the fridge or put it in an envelope and we would put it up there. And then by the end uh, you know, wherever, we would just take it by that week on, take it to church. But it was separated, just like when I took that 20 and I got, as soon as I broke it, I took the $2, separated it from the other money in my wallet and stuck it so that when I got to church, that $2 was going there. You might say, Brett, that's petty. You can say whatever you want. I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm talking about my heart. It's not my money. Do you understand? Because it's not my money, I want to make sure that I handle the money the Lord has given me with excellence. It's not about legalism. It's just about being right ethically. For me, I just, you know, so if it's separated, there's no confusion. Now, things are easy. As soon as we get paid, the first thing, I mean, as soon as the payroll hits that morning, I'm doing devotions in my office. What comes across? Donation. Donation. Because she has already text to give, 84321, because it hit our account, it's gone. In other words, that portion is, God, we honor you because you are our source. 
I would have nothing without you. You are my source. So it is gone, first thing. Now let me just explain this. God is not legalistic. Let's say you get paid or you didn't know you got a check that came in, and let's say I deposited a check. We had a check come in for $500, let's say, for something. All right? And she didn't know it, and she's at Kroger's. And she's buying groceries, and so that money entered the account and groceries came out. God, God's not going to be like, okay, I, yep. Kimberly, you're in big trouble. You should have known in the spirit. Brett, you should have called her. That's two notches. Boy, you guys. He doesn't do that. Now, listen, because man looks at the outward. That's how man has got this whole thing all messed up. They look at legalism. They look at all of this stuff. But God looks at your heart. Our heart is, Lord, everything that comes in is yours. So as soon as she finds out, She's going to write a check for $50 plus offering. That's what she's going to do. I, I wouldn't even stop her, but that's what she's going to do. That thing will come out like as quick as Carter has liver pills. I don't know. If, does Carter have liver pills? He might. But if he does, it's coming out. Because as soon as she knows, you know why? Because her heart is, God, you are my source. She doesn't check to say, well, hey, well, that might. what if we're $50 short? That's not even a question because... Listen to me. GMAC is not my source. Ohio Edison is not my source. Columbia Gas is not my source. My source is God. And he knows because I honor him. He is number one. Seek first the kingdom. So we just separate it. I don't know if that makes it easy for you. But I'm just telling you, like when we had that check come in. Oh, man, I wanted to be like, ooh, I could pay the mortgage this month, give them the rest, and then try to pay that back. You don't think those ideas don't come to me? It's not my money. That's not what we said we would do, is it? No. So I have to be a good steward of that. I'm like, I, I couldn't write that check. I was waiting for that next week. I'm like, well, I wrote it. I had it sitting on my desk. That check wrote out. I told the secretary, I said, we got to mail this. So I called Faith Life and said, where do I mail this camp check to? And they said, here. They gave me the P.O. box. I text Pastor Gary, hey, the check is on the way. The seed is in the ground. Praise God, good to so. And he's like, I'm agreeing with you. Thumbs up. You see, this is about your heart. You can try to mingle it and say, no, it seems like it's pretty. No, it's about your heart. So let me ask you, when it comes to your heart, you see, your heart is your belief system, what you really believe. If you really believe what your heart is telling you, what the word has said, then you follow that. Remember in the beginning, your treasure in your heart, which follows which. If God is where he needs to be, it's just not even a question. It's not legalistic. It's just, it's all his. So I simply just be like, yes. Yes, Lord, whatever you say. Now think about the principles that I've taught you. Think about the boy at the feeding of the 5,000. They ended up being 20,000. What kind of food do we have? We have five loaves and two fish. We got it from that kid over there. You know, he works for Long John Silver's. We're not real sure, but... And so he gives that, and 20,000 people get fed. Now, he could look at that crowd, even if there's just the 5,000. Five loaves and two fish would probably take care of, I don't know, six, seven men, maybe. Maybe not even. Maybe not of my boys. They'd probably take care of my boys. But it's not about, now listen to what I'm trying to tell you. This is not about what you See, feel, hear. This is about the kingdom. It's not in the natural sense. In the natural sense, it might not make sense. But in the kingdom sense, it makes all the sense in the world. That's how we prosper because he is God. And it's his will that he could trust us to get more to you, to get it through you to be a blessing to the church. 
Not, not this. I mean, yes, this, but not inclusive, meaning his, his body, the people. I'm going to tell you the story, and I'm closing. Kingdom started becoming real to us. We didn't even really realize it. But there was a couple in the church. This is before we really went and launched into ministry. And we knew they were struggling. And, I mean, they didn't go around, I don't believe, saying, but they asked for prayer for finances. And, you know, you kind of heard some things had happened, and maybe there was car issues and yada, yada, yada. And so Kim and I got together, and we both said, we, we want to bless them. But we really don't want them to know it's us. You ever did that? You just like, I, and, and here's why. You know, the Bible talks about your right hand not knowing what your left. But we didn't want to get the credit. We just felt we needed to help. We felt that burden. We need to help. So we can't give the tithe because the tithe is already designated to the storehouse. Are you with me? So this help has to come from offering, which means above and beyond our 10%. So we did that. And we put it in an envelope and we put their name on it. And I think we set it in their Bible when they weren't looking or something like that. You know, we just kind of snuck by them. So, and I, I'll never forget this because I could stare at Kim all day long. You know that. That has nothing to do with the message. Just thought I'd get that out. <laughs> but um, I remember us on the other side of the sanctuary and I remember what flooded through my heart when they they were talking and somebody was praying with them and you know they were you could see their one the the woman she was tearing up and she was wiping her eyes and they hadn't even seen the envelope and it was sticking out of their bible we just stood there and they walked and they got there and I think he pointed down at like what's in your bible she you know, looked and she opened it up and they, they were in the foyer of the church and we were like way back and we were just watching and they ripped that open. Now see for me, for Kim, she wouldn't have to do this. I have to lick the envelopes because somebody went to the trouble to put the glue on them. But I'm like, I don't know why that is. But they had to rip the open envelope and they pulled out, I want to say it was like $300 or something. I can't remember the amount, but it was, you know, for us it was substantial but we felt to do it. And they, the look on their face was like shock and amazement and thankfulness. And they started crying. Now we didn't, to this day, to my knowledge, they've never known we gave that money because the reward was given to us by the peace of God. We watched that and we both looked at each other, squeezed each other's hand and I watched her face light up and just say look at that and I you know at that point I don't even remember if I was called into ministry but I remember how I felt that I was used of God to be an answer to some prayer and the only people that knew about it were her me and God and that was good enough so I ask you this morning who's on first if you trust him. You know, you, I tell you these stories. I don't tell them to say, look at what we did. I had to do it. But, you know, when he said, write out the check for thousands of dollars, I was just like, I don't want to. I argued with him. I don't want to do that. He told me to give a truck to this guy. And I'm like, it was a great truck. It was in mint shape. I'm like, I don't want to give it to him. But I did. And we wrote the check. And the battle was on, the enemy. But you have to resolve, fully persuade yourself who's on first. That's the issue. And in the midst of all of that, I got another car. And he said, okay, I can trust you. Give that one away. I did. I got another car. Give that one away. I did. I got another car. Sell that one. Give the money here. I did. Gave a computer away. Five more computers came in. Do this. Do that. Gave a watch away. The UPS guy's like, here! I didn't even know the UPS guy. I didn't. He doesn't know anything about watches or that I gave a watch away. Sorry, Justin. 
<laughs> Justin gave me this watch. <laughs> um, but I got, I got like five watches because I had given a watch away. And I, I'll, I'll teach you all of that later as we go through this series of how things reproduce or things. I'll, I'll show you that. I will from the Word of God. But I have to get foundation. I have to get your heart. Well, I don't have to have it, but that's what God wants. Because you're not giving to me. You know, Pastor Gary and Pastor Drinda, they set my salary. I, I didn't set it. They did. They set it when we started this church. And I don't get more if more comes in or anything like that. I have to be accountable for everything. That, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's okay. I want you to trust God. That's what I want you to trust. Not legalistically, not like, oh boy, God's going to slap my hand if I don't. He's not. He's not. But peace, you're going to miss out on some peace when you know he's your source. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?